uh, <laughs> late in the day yesterday, uh, there was a question that Don and me had been kind of wrestling with this uh, sermon and how best to kind of share God's word with you today. And, and the question was, what would it take for you to say yes? Uh, it seems like that was probably a, a question that Jeremiah would have been asking. What is it going to take for the people of God to say yes to God? Uh, to doing life God's way. Uh, what would it take for you to say yes? It, it was probably the, the question on Jeremiah's heart, and then I, I realized it's probably my question uh, regarding us as a congregation, uh, and, and it's honestly probably my question regarding myself. Uh, what is it going to take for me to say yes to doing life God's way? Uh, it's pretty interesting. Uh, some of you uh, sort of naturally say yes. Uh, you're a yes type of person. In fact, you probably say yes too often. Uh, and so you get yourself into trouble because you, you can't really uh, then do anything well. You're stretched too thin. Uh, others of us, myself included, uh, are kind of no type of people. Your initial and first reaction is to say no to things. And, um, and so I'm really working on that in my relationship with my boys uh, because uh, we believe it's important to try to say yes to them as often as we can, as long as it's not going to hurt them. Uh, yesterday was a, a prime example of that. Uh, Zeke and Simon were, uh, were, were making a cardboard car. Is it okay if I tell a story about you? I wasn't expecting you to be in here. I'm going to tell a story about you. Zeke and Simon were, uh, were building a, a cardboard car, and, uh, and they came up to me and, uh, and said, Hey, Dad, I want to paint the cardboard car. And, I, and my initial reaction was, oh, no, you don't. I don't have time to supervise that project. I'm trying to work on this sermon. Mom's busy with a project with Noah. Uh, you can't do that. And, uh, and I knew that this sermon was coming up and that I'd be encouraging you all to live a lifestyle of saying yes. And so when they said, hey, Dad, we made this cardboard car. Can we paint it? I said, yes, you can. Go to the garage and paint the cardboard car. And so they went out to the garage and they painted the garage floor, and they painted their clothes, and they painted themselves, and they got some uh, paint on the cardboard car as well. But I was able to say yes to them. Um, uh, sometimes our initial reaction is to say no to things, and so today we're going to be wrestling with uh, the fact that we, that we very often say no when it comes to a covenant relationship with God. Um, uh, Jeremiah 11 is all about covenant. It's really the first time uh, in this series that we've dealt with the word covenant, but it's a hugely, massively important word uh, in the book of Jeremiah. Uh, a covenant is essentially an agreement or a promise or a pledge uh, made from one person to somebody else or made between two different people. Um, uh, and so in the Bible, there's both uh, unconditional covenants, those are super cool, and there's conditional covenants, which we struggle with. Uh, the unconditional covenants are so super cool because they're unconditional, because God just comes and says, hey, I'm going to do this, okay? All right, see you later. All right, it's super awesome. God just kind of comes in his love, in his mercy, in his grace, and says, I am going to do this. It doesn't matter how you behave it doesn't matter the circumstances. It doesn't matter how foolish it makes me look. I am just going to do this out of my love for you. Unconditional covenants that God makes are so super awesome, and we celebrate and we lean on them because they give us a certainty. Uh, they're dependent on God and not on us. Conditional covenants, on the other hand, are covenants, agreements, pledges with conditions. Uh, imagine that. Uh, and so it's uh, God coming and saying, look, I promise, I pledge to do this if you promise and pledge to do this. Uh, 
And that's what we face here in Jeremiah chapter 11. God comes and he, and he reveals this covenant to Jeremiah, and, uh, and, and it's a conditional covenant. He's promising to do certain things um, if Jeremiah and the people of God uh, also promise or agree to do certain things. Um, the covenant is, uh, is, is on the screen there. It's really super short, uh, but not easy to uphold. The covenant is simply to listen and to do. Uh, I underline the word and because it's not an or. <laughs> it's important that we understand that God is inviting the people to listen and to do. He's not saying listen or do. <laughs> He's saying listen and do. Uh, uh, if you uh, look at it there, He's saying, I want you to hear the words that I have spoken to your forefathers. In other words, pay attention to the words that I have spoken in the past, uh, because those words reveal how I want life to be done. Uh, those words reveal uh, my expectations for, for how you live your life. And so it's important for you to know those words that I have spoken before so that you can actually do them and practice them. I also want you to spend intentional time with me, he says. He says, listen to my voice and obey what I am commanding, right? That's a present tense thing. And so uh, God is saying, look, I want you to get uh, alone with me. I want you to spend intentional time listening to my voice, um, seeing what I have to say, and then responding in obedience. Listen and do. And, uh, and at the end of this covenant, right, uh, Jeremiah chapter 11, verse 5, uh, Jeremiah, as I was talking about with the kids, says, yes. Now, what he actually says in, in the Hebrew is the Hebrew word amen or amen, right? To say amen to something, right? So just so you know, like when you're saying amen at the end of a prayer, what you're saying is you're confirming something that has just been said. Uh, you're, you're agreeing with what has just been said. You're saying, hey, that's right. That's good. Um, I'm on board with that uh, kind of thing. So uh, God lays out this covenant in verses 2, 3, and 4. And then in verse 5, Jeremiah just kind of uh, blurts out this amen, right? This, uh, this confirmation. He's saying, hey, God, what you say is good. What you say is right. And I'm on board with it. I'm going to listen and do exactly what you say. Um, Jeremiah 11, verse 5, Jeremiah says yes, and uh, I want with all my heart to be like Jeremiah. Anybody else? <laughs> um, anybody else looking at yourself saying, I wish I said yes a little bit more easily? Uh, I, I wish I could say yes to God and covenant relationship with him a little bit more easily. Because I don't know about you, but I struggle to do that consistently. Um, struggle to get into God's word, <laughs> uh, to know what he has said in the past and his way of doing life so that I can actually put that into practice. Struggle with taking that intentional, quiet, alone time with God to say, hey, what do you have to say to me today? And then responding with obedience. I live a lifestyle all too often of saying no. And it's pretty interesting because right after Jeremiah 11, verse 5, the rest of the chapter uh, details for us how the people of God have been living a lifetime and a lifestyle of saying no to covenant relationship with God. And so it just dawned on me, like, what in the world is it going to take? <laughs> what will it take for the people of God to finally say yes to doing life God's way, to listening to his voice and responding 
with obedience? What's it going to take for the people of God to finally say, yes, I'm all in. I agree. I'm on board with what you're saying, God. And there's a bunch of clues here in, in uh, Jeremiah 11 that, that, that are both really challenging to me, but also um, kind of interesting. Um, uh, one thing that happens is, is a fresh invitation. And so I thought, well, maybe, maybe if there's a fresh invitation into this covenant relationship with God, maybe then we would say yes. Uh, that's what's happening in Jeremiah 11. Um, Jeremiah is essentially uh, giving the people a fresh invitation into a very old covenant. So if you look at it, right, uh, God mentions how uh, these commandments, these regulations were given um, when the people of God were, were delivered out of the land of Egypt. So this is hundreds and hundreds of years before uh, the time of Jeremiah. They had been slaves in the land of Egypt for 400 years. Uh, God did miracle after miracle to set them free. They get out in the wilderness and they kind of look around and they say, now what? They don't know what it means to be a group of people. They have no idea how to function together as a community. And so God comes along and says, look, this is how you do it. This is how you live life. Let me give you these commandments, 10 commandments included. Let me give you these rules, these regulations. Uh, I'm going to ask you to live this way. And if you live this way, then I'll do these things. And he enters into a covenant relationship with them. And then, and then really throughout the history of the people of God, God's going to go back to, to that covenant at Mount Sinai um, in Exodus chapter 20 to like 35. It's just law after law, commandment after commandment. This is how you do life. This is how you do life. He's going to go back and he's going to offer people a fresh invitation into that old covenant. And so I thought, well, maybe if there's a fresh invitation, then, then maybe we would, we would say yes. Um, and I realized we're still living a life of saying no. And we're not really taking time to say, hey, God, how do you desire life to be done? And we're not doing life God's way. And so we're still living that lifestyle of saying no. And then on the more negative side, I thought, well, well, maybe, maybe if we if we just lay out the curses, right? Uh, there, there, there's always uh, threats and curses attached to God's conditional covenant. So, so a conditional covenant is usually God saying, look, if you do these things, uh, things will go uh, well for you, right? And He promises blessing, but He also uh, uh, threatens curses uh, if you break the covenant agreement. He says, look, if you're not going to do what you agreed to do in the covenant, then that's going to lead to bad things for you. And, uh, and, and so those things range from, it's super interesting, if you go to the book of Deuteronomy uh, 27 to 29, it's just horrible. Well, actually, don't go there. It's horrible stuff. But the, the curses range from, uh, range from making your work harder than it should be, to terrible diseases, to complete destruction. And so I thought maybe if we just really lay out the curses and we scare people and, and we offer those threats that come from the conditional covenants, maybe then we would respond by saying yes to getting alone with God and seeing what he has to say to us and, and responding with obedience. But it hasn't worked for me and I'm still living a lifestyle all too often of saying no. 
And then I thought, well, maybe we'll, we'll look more at the good news gospel side of things. And, and maybe we'll, we'll take the time to, to, to relish in, in, the, in the promises that God has made. And, and we see that here in Jeremiah 11, right? God promises at least three different things. He promises relationship. He promises protection. He promises provision. Uh, so he talks about... Um, he says, I will be your God and you will be my people. Now, it's a super powerful thing about a covenant. Uh, when a covenant is made, uh, it's kind of like, uh, well, it's like maybe our modern day families, right? If you pick on my brother, you're picking on me kind of thing, right? So anybody that wants to go and pick a fight with the people of God, guess what? They're picking a fight with God, right? So God is saying, look, I'm going to be in covenant relationship with you. I'm going to go wherever you go. I'm going to fight on your behalf. I'm, I'm going to fight for you and, uh, and, and I'm going to walk with you every single day. Super powerful promise of relationship. Um, he, he promises uh, them to, to, to have a land, right? If they are faithful to the, to the covenant relationship, then he will give them a land flowing with milk and honey, right? So, so that's a, a promise of protection and a promise of provision. Uh, if, if it's your land, then you know where to hide from an enemy when they come. Uh, if it's your land, you can take the time to build up defenses uh, for that land. Uh, if it's your land, you know where best to attack an enemy if they've come into your land. Uh, if you have a land, then you are probably receiving some kind of crop uh, from that land. And so you're able to either uh, enjoy that crop and the, and, the, and the product that comes or sell it off and make a living in that fashion. And so I thought maybe if we just took time to, to celebrate and, and go with the incredible blessings that God promises from, from saying yes to him and, and seeing how God wants life to be done and doing it that way and spending time and then rejoicing and and then I realized we're still all too often living that lifestyle of saying no. Still not paying attention to the voice of God and, and actually living out what he wants us to live. Um, and then I, I started to think about the community. Uh, sometimes God sends, sends people into our life that, that will tap us uh, on the shoulder and say, hey, you've been living a lifestyle of saying no and it's time to turn around and start saying yes. That's what God does in uh, Jeremiah 11. Uh, he, he goes to Jeremiah and says, hey, Jeremiah, I want you to hear the words of this covenant and then go to Jerusalem and go to all of Judah and speak the words um, of this covenant to all the people. God wants Jeremiah to go and offer them a fresh invitation, Yeah. He wants, them to, he wants Jeremiah to offer the people a fresh invitation into an old covenant. He wants Jeremiah to, to go and tap people on the shoulder and say, hey, look, you're not doing life God's way. You're not listening to his voice. And it's time to start saying yes to him again. I don't know about you, but periodically God has sent people into my life <laughs> that tap me on the shoulder and say, uh, hey, Dave, you need to start saying yes to God again. You need to start paying attention to his way of doing things and, and respond with obedience. And yet here I am, uh, still all too often living a lifestyle of saying no. Um, and then I thought, well, well, maybe, maybe if we just, you know, celebrate the great mighty works and deeds of God, maybe that would be enough to get us to say yes. And um, uh, Jeremiah 11 kind of hints at that. 
God says, uh, God says, look, I'm going to, I brought you out of the land of Egypt from the iron furnace, right? And so we, I mentioned earlier how God did miracle after miracle against Pharaoh and against the land of Egypt, and he set the people free, right? He, he showed uh, his full might and his full power so that the people could know that he's absolutely in control, right? So that, so that the people could, could know just how worthy of praise and trust that he is. And so I thought maybe if we just celebrate the great, you know, deeds and miracles of God, then we would respond by listening to him and, and doing what he says. And yet here we are still living that lifestyle of saying no. Um, and then if we go outside of the book of Jeremiah, I thought, well, well maybe we'll talk about the, the seasons of struggle um, and the seasons of suffering that God brings. We've been talking about this for, for several weeks here uh, in the book of Jeremiah and how, um, how sometimes God will send a season of, of suffering or struggle into our lives. Uh, he will send a power, an enemy from the north uh, that is meant to stop us in our tracks. Why? Uh, it's not because he's a vengeful, mean God. It's because he doesn't want us to be on that path. It's a path that leads away from him. It's a path that leads to our harm. It's a path that leads to our destruction. And so from time to time, he's going to send a season of suffering or struggle uh, because he loves us too much to leave us where we are. He loves us too much to let us do things that will be bad for us. And so I thought, well, well maybe if we just look at those seasons of struggle and suffering, that would be enough to get us get us to say yes. And here we are still wrestling and struggling with that lifestyle of saying no. That first inclination in our heart uh, to respond negatively to God's call. And so then I came back to that question and I said, what in the world is it going to take for us to say yes to a covenant relationship with God? What in the world is it going to take for us to, uh, to, to, to get into God's word on a more regular basis and, and, uh, and be paying attention to, to how he wants life to be done and actually doing that? So what in the world is it going to take for us to, to get quiet and, and, and spend intentional time with Jesus saying, hey, what do you have to say to me? And then responding with obedience. And, and you know me, my, my heart then went to Jesus and, uh, and I thought, well, maybe if we, if we look at God's one and only son who comes and proclaims to us, I am the way and the truth and the life. Whoever comes to me um, has access to the Father, will be saved, will have eternal life. And I thought about how Jesus, uh, interestingly, uh, offers a, a sort of fresh invitation and he he says, uh, he tells us a story about a man who builds his house on the sand and a man who builds his house on the rock. And he says, hey, whoever hears my words and puts them into practice. Boy, does that sound like the covenant in Jeremiah 11. Whoever hears my words and puts them into practice is like the man who built his house on the rock. And then I realized not even the word of God made flesh. Not even the Son of God, God's one and only Son, is enough to get me to say yes. And then I thought about what Jesus did on the cross. And uh, 
And I thought to myself, um, I've got this Jesus who comes and, and shows me the yes of God. I've got this Jesus who, who knows that it hasn't been enough. Um, that I'm still living a lifestyle of saying no. It hasn't been enough uh, for God to offer fresh invitations and, and the threats and the promised blessings and, and the community and the miracles and the, the seasons of struggle and the word of God made flesh hasn't been enough to get me to live a lifestyle of saying yes. And so Jesus becomes the curse for me. And he goes to the cross and Galatians 3.13 says that he becomes the curse for us. And he takes my punishment. He takes my place on that cross. And I still am here wrestling, still struggling with saying yes. I so desperately want to be like Jeremiah. Uh, so desperately want to say yes uh, today, tomorrow, and the next day. But I'm still wrestling with that evil inclination in my heart to say no. Um, so let me just share one final word from our Lord and Savior Jesus. On the night when our Lord and Savior Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he gave it to his disciples and he broke it. He gave it to the disciples and he said, take and eat, this is my body given for you. In the same way then, after the, the meal was finished, he took the cup and he, he gave it to them saying, this cup is the new covenant. The new unconditional sign of my love for you. The new unconditional certainty <laughs> that your sins have been forgiven. The wrath of God is poured out on Jesus and his blood is spilt, and it's a new covenant, an unconditional covenant from God that calls us back to saying yes. And so when we have an opportunity to lift our eyes up to Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life, and when we have that opportunity to see him as our substitution, and we see the new covenant that he has made with us by his very own precious body and blood. And we know without a shadow of a doubt, Christ is enough for me. Amen. Lord Jesus, uh, you are so good. Um, we thank you for uh, extending that invitation one more time to us. Uh, we thank you for being our substitute, uh, for receiving the, uh, the curse and the punishment for all of our no's. <laughs> we thank you for rising from the dead so that we could know this new covenant, this new unconditional love that can never be shaken. And so we ask today, will you, um, will you tear down walls and obstacles? Will you 
continue to help us grow? Will you take away that, uh, that sinful inclination to say no? And will you help us to say yes? Will you put that yes on our hearts and on our minds? Will you give us the time and space to get into your word and, and do life your way? Will you, will you speak to our hearts and our minds so we can respond with joy and say yes to you? And all God's people said, amen. Amen.